Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Wednesday, and this is the fourth week of the Easter season. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia! Christ is risen indeed. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God, and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 1, beginning this morning at verse 1. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being, and he sustains all things by his powerful word. When he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Some scholars believe that what we now know as the letter to the Hebrews is actually more of a sermon than a letter. We just read the beginning of this letter and we could tell immediately that it's not structured in the same way that the other letters in the New Testament are. There was no greeting, there was no introduction of the author, there's no identification with the audience or a benediction for them, and no statement about the occasion that this letter is meant to address. It is a kind of letter that was meant to be read to the assembly in one sitting and maybe read to more than one particular church or one a particular assembly or congregation, but instead circulated throughout the churches within a certain area, even as it does ours right now, since it's been written into the New Testament. Like any good sermon, it both teaches and inspires us. It proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ and what that means for us and for our lives, and gives us a place where we are located now as God's people in Christ, uh, in this world and in this time, and in relationship to the God who created everything. If you have some time, you may wish to find an audio recording of the letter to the Hebrews and to just sit down for an hour or so and listen to it in a single sitting and then see what it's like. See if you hear it differently 
we don't usually read scripture like that in long chunks. And so a lot of times it speaks to us in a very different way when we hear it, maybe the way that it would have first been heard or read or, or presented within uh, a body or within those assemblies and communities uh, in the first century. We will, of course, as is usually our custom with scripture, just read a small bit at a time. Yes, this is part of our service of morning prayer, and we'll offer some reflection on what it is that uh, we hear God saying to us in and through this inspired sermon. That uh, is a major book in the New Testament. Already in a couple of verses, we can hear that the one of the main streams of thought in this letter will be how God in Jesus Christ has summed up all that God has said and done in Holy Scripture. The opening sentence of this letter is the refrain that we use to introduce ours to Scripture each morning. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways through the prophets, but in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. So that what we witness in Jesus is intimately connected to what our ancestors heard from God through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, uh, through Moses and all of the prophets. Yesterday in our reading, we heard how Moses was unlike any prophet and any prophet that would follow because Moses was one who spoke to God and knew God face to face. Now in the opening sentences of this letter, the author of the he of this letter to the Hebrews says, Jesus has come and he is the very reflection, the very image of God, the one follow Moses, the one who is greater than Moses, because he sees God face to face and knows God so intimately has finally arrived. The author then goes on throughout this letter to support this line of reasoning, and also along the way to address the scandal of the cross. Because if the one who is the word of God has come into the world to dwell among us, why was he so shamefully killed? of being crucified on a cross. The author of this letter will show us how Jesus' death and resurrection are according to Scripture and the good news of God's steadfast love and faithfulness to the whole world so that we can put our trust in Jesus and have that assured trust. And in this message, we can find God's own word of life and promise to us and to the whole world, a word that is an ancient word that always, from its beginning, spoke of Jesus. Thanks be to God. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, 
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Jesus Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith and fellowship within your church and for the gift of relationships with others that sustains us. For what else are we truly thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, for the people, the ministries, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, for those who govern the nations of the world, we think especially of those who are leading our country uh, and uh, our Congress, our uh, our local government, our governors, uh, those who are uh, given the job of, of leading and guiding and organizing our communal life. For people in countries ravaged by strife or warfare, we think especially of people in Ukraine, but we also think and remember and and pray for those anywhere who cannot sleep in peace, who do not wake up to the joy of a new morning, but to more and more violence. And so we pray for all who are at work to bring about peace and to restore international harmony, and for all who are striving to save this earth from carelessness and destruction. Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin or be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good, render to no one evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people, love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.